Hi, I'm Kim LaPree from the Teachers Need Teachers podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and good morning. I hope you guys are having a wonderful Saturday morning, or again, as always, it may be Saturday evening, or it may be Sunday morning, depending on where you are around the world. But as always, it is a pleasure to have you here as our special guests, as always, as we get to interview our special guests and make those connections. So I'm really excited if you guys are joining us. Hopefully, maybe you're having your cup of coffee, your breakfast, whatever it is, your morning routine. Thank you so much for making my EdTech life part of your Saturday morning. And today we have a wonderful guest, a great friend. I can definitely call him a great friend now. He has been on the show before. He is an amazing well, let me see if I have enough fingers here to count the amazing things that this this gentleman can do. He is an author. He is, you know, just an education leader, an amazing, well, like I mentioned, author, but he's definitely an amazing writer. He has been also a great supporter of many of the projects that I've, you know, done, collaborations, things of that sort, just an all-around great guy, great heart, great educator, and definitely somebody that's worth connecting with. Here, I want to introduce you to my great friend, Matt, or Matthew Rhodes, or Matt Rhodes. So, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Fonz. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's always fun just catching up with you and talking education, ed tech, and life. And, uh, you know, it's great that some people can join us along the way, whether you're live now or later on when this is on, on all the major, uh, you know, um, podcasting platform. So it's really fun to be here. Yes, of course, man. And and it's been a while since you've been on. I know you were on, you know, about time of pandemic. You actually wrote a book during that time. And we'll talk a little bit about that and just everything that you've been able to do. But just for our audience members, those of that will be listening later on that may not have had the opportunity to connect with you or maybe have heard of you, Matt, if you could just give us a nice intro and then, of course, at, oh, and your context in education and tell us maybe something interesting about yourself that people may not know. Yeah, everyone, um, Dr. Matt, or uh, you could call me Matt, whichever one you prefer. Uh, I am a uh, tech trainer and integrationist for a consortium of schools in Northern San Diego County. Um, I just left the classroom um, teaching um, mild to moderate special education in co-taught settings, as well as um, more um, specialized academic instruction settings. And I was a tech coach at that time and um, doing a lot of consulting around the West Coast um, on ed tech integration, research-based instructional strategies with tools like uh, Pear Deck, Nearpod, um, Padlet, um, you know, Google Workspace. I really have enjoyed doing that. And then, uh, you know, all of my work has really culminated over the past two years and it's resulted in the position I am in now. And it's just really exciting because I've been doing a lot of um, things that I was just doing on the side um, now in my full-time position. So that, that's been really enjoyable and I get to really, um, you know, build the program and really, um, you know, work to support and coach teachers and um, really kind of 
put this program on the map for um, it's a consortium of adult and uh, education programs and CTE programs. And my goal is to put us um, in the position to being one of the most um, advanced in terms of technology in the country. That's kind of where my vision will go. So it's just been, uh, you know, super exciting and got a lot of projects going on now as well. And, uh, and I just really hope that uh, in the next uh, 12 months that I can start meeting some of you at conferences and whatnot. It's, uh, been definitely the missing piece of all this that I, you know, my PLN is that I just want to meet you all in person and, uh, you know, and have further conversations with you because, you know, on Twitter, you only can talk about so much, but, you know, when you're in person, you know, building that connection, that relationship. And to me, that's what I enjoy doing the most. And uh, I really hope that, uh, you know, that can, that can happen in the future. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm thank. I mean, like I said, the, this is great. The way that we're able to connect again. I know you're a previous guest, and and you've been doing some amazing things. And uh, let me just give a big shout out to Amanda. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Amanda's over there in uh, the West Coast as well, so she's up in early today. Hope hopefully with her cup of coffee and everything. And as always, thank you, Amanda, for always supporting our show. So, Matt, let let's talk a little bit about this. Let's let's go back to maybe your first episode appearance here on my EdTech Life. And during that time, you had just released Navigating the Toggle Term right here, this book, all right, this is the copy of the first book. And you got to come on and, uh, you know, just share a little bit more about the book, everything that you're doing. So talk to us a little bit for, of, of course, as always, our audience members that may not know about this book, you know, how did it come to fruition? What was the vision? And how did that now lead to the second book, <laughs> Navigating the Toggle Term, right here, which is this new copy that we have here. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the first one uh, was a culmination of um, initially, it was inspired from one of my doctoral professors, uh, Dr. Belinda Karge, and just kind of like my blog. And I just started wanting to support educators as um, you know, we were in emergency pandemic instruction, a lot of people were online and, um, you know, a lot of places needed a good practical and applicable book to help them um, navigate, you know, moving online or within a blended learning situation, which I've been doing in my entire career um, in the classroom. And um, I just wanted to provide my expertise in a real practical way to connect with people so that they can um, you know, provide the best instruction and classroom environment as possible, regardless of where they were, and um, so that they can move between um, all these different settings. So that is really essentially one of the main reasons why I um, wrote the book, and it was definitely um, an exciting piece of um, the last year, and a lot of traction um, from the original book really helped um, me move into, um, you know, supporting districts, um, outside of my district and schools and, uh, throughout California and Arizona and just, um, you know, really, you know, got me out there and I wanted just to make an impact, you know, whether it was in my backyard or whether it was, you know, in a district that was a little bit further away from mine. And I knew that we just needed to, uh, across the board, just, you know, help teachers, um, navigate this time. And, um, that's really essentially how that book came to be. And it is um, definitely was something that I wrote in like three months. 
I put it really quickly together, um, but it, it turned out well. So that was definitely uh, just a story of the first book. And uh, it kind of just led me on a journey of continuing continuing to write, whether it was my blog or, um, and then just writing future books. So um, that's, that's the first book. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Just the first book, because I found this first book to be very fascinating, just the, at least during this time. This was definitely one of the great things to have in your teacher tool belt because it really gave you an understanding of the verbiage that was out there, the, the of course, you know, the hybrid, high-flex cohort models, this and that. And, of course, as teachers, having to flip the switch from being in brick and mortar to going directly online, that is something that is not easy. And even for online professors that do this in higher ed, at, you know, it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of years to be able to be very highly effective, you know, uh, teaching your students in this online model. But what you provided here was really a toolkit that is very valuable. And I do recommend this book. And not just because Matt's my friend, but just myself being just an, an ed tech, you know, just enthusiast, always looking, you know, for professional development and always just having that tool set in season and out of season. This book is definitely a great book to have. And it is an easy read. And it's very, very just straight to the point that can really help you. But you mentioned that this was sort of kind of like a project that you did have during your doctoral study. So I kind of want you I, I want you to describe or to let us know what navigating the toggle term actually means. Where where did you get that? You know, for as far yeah, as so well, what, what's funny is, is that <laughs> when COVID happened, I was working on a book on data literacy. It's just sitting here ser seriously on my computer. No one wants to talk about it right now over the past two years. So it's just sitting here on my computer. And I was like, well, um, I want to help people right now. So let me just take what I'm doing on my day-to-day -day basis in the classroom and I want to support them. So that's, you know, the genesis of that book. And Toggled uh, came from Brian Alexander, who is a um, futurist in higher education. And he came up with the term Toggled term in the higher education um world of moving back and forth between online and brick and mortar. And I took that term and applied it to everything. So, and I took that and I provided instructional models to go along with the toggle term and really essentially building the framework and infrastructure to do it with, you know, a um, snap of your fingers. That's the goal. Um, and I think that where teachers need to be is having that and just moving forward into the future and which we'll talk about in my second book, which is a lot of the premise of it is that I think that we're unfortunately in a world now where that's going to be the case. And, um, and I think where we're currently at in education, we need to have classrooms without boundaries and the toggled term relates to being able to have that classroom without those boundaries of, you know, the four walls, it just opens it up to everything so that you could be teaching online in person, blended at the park on in the space station um on mars so i don't know but you get the point so no and that's wonderful that and you know this is something that of course changed the education landscape you know for good now we saw things that many times many people maybe even teachers educators education leaders had a vision of but never really said well when would we have an opportunity to do this in a grand, in a mass scale and now we saw how you know you 
teachers can be highly effective without the brick and mortar. You know, yep. we have students that were thriving that, you know, can are very organized. They can go in there. They can just go do their work and they're ready to go. And their school starts at eight. They're already done with everything by 11, you know, or things of that sort submitted stuff in. But, you know, we did see the other side too, where there are those students that do need a little bit more of that structure. And then of course, the, the, the fear of the tech that really got to a lot of, you know, of our fine educators that were, you know, years of experience, veteran teachers, that it was really something that was difficult. But then I've also seen those leaders that had been, in, you know, in education for years that all of a sudden just this was a breath of fresh air for them where now they're seeing like, wow, this tech helps me just kind of put this like on rails and and so big shout out to my friend isaac for you know that that term you know it's like putting things on rails where now the productivity i was there like hey i can do this a lot easier i've even had some teachers say you know i was planning on retiring soon but i can keep on teaching for a little bit longer because now they're more familiar with those tech tools and they lost that fear so i've been able to see all of that and so but it is important like you said that we're able to see that there's so many more possibilities that education does not have to be confined to those four walls. And one thing that you mentioned was being able to connect with everything around us. You know, our classroom can one day be, you know, straight from the park or our classroom can be straight from a space station. And I think now that uh, teachers, education leaders can see the the bigger picture and see that this is this is kind of our, our new thing now. This is where where we can really, really take an education to that next yeah. level. And so with books like this, you know, that definitely helps teachers really just start feeling a little bit more comfortable. So now, you know, the, you just released a couple of weeks ago, the new, <laughs> right, Navigating yeah. the Toggle Term, a guide for K-12 classroom and school leaders. And what I love about this is that this is a great group that you collaborated with. I mean, education leaders that were out there continually hustling, you know, sharing with teachers their knowledge, putting it out on Twitter. And so looking at the people that you've collaborated with, you've got teachers, you've got uh, administrators, you've got people from all different viewpoints. And I think that's something that's so important to be able to see things through a different lens. And so that definitely helps us as educators see that this isn't just going just from one side, but how everything can connect and work together. So tell us a little bit about, you know, of course, this book, the people you collaborated with, and again, as always, just the 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 inspiration behind it. <laughs> yeah, so I just really wanted to add a whole new spin to the first book and really just dive deeper into um, just really integrating a lot of just strategies with technology. But beyond that, I wanted to focus on, you know, how does that look like when you're working with neurodiverse students or multilingual learners or um, going in further into depth with your own professional development? And then I think one of the most important chapters of the book is the last one, chapter 12, self-care, you know, sets up a, a framework, not only just for your own personal self-care, but look, taking educational organizations and, you know, helping them create, for example, I think one of the biggest things that educational organizations can do is for self-care is getting rid of a lot of meetings and providing time for educators to do what they want in terms of planning, 
um, whether they get the afternoon. I think just that freedom and flexibility piece currently in the world that we live in is huge. Um, I also talk about, um, you know, setting boundaries. And sometimes I'm not the best person to talk about setting boundaries with uh, regarding like work, but um, I've really, you know, tried to set times when I'm going to just focus on um, being with my family, being with my friends, um, just being in the present. And um, so that last chapter really um, hits it, I think, just because there's been so much burnout um, and we want to have a sustainable profession. And it really talks about, you know, how can we do that at the institutional organizational level as well as, um, you know, um, the personal level. And I think that just across the board, I think the book sets us up for developing modern 21st century classrooms that have um, no boundaries, no borders, and and allows us to really navigate the time that we're in and just, you know, providing instruction for all of our students in a really equitable way. And it's all research based. And there's a lot of um, strategies there that can really amplify um, how our students learn. So it's um, just a big culmination of that. And then I took 12, uh, no, 13 educators from across the country, um, whether they're classroom teacher, um, administrator, superintendent, and I want them to write a case study that describes how each of the chapter's themes occurred on their end. Like, how did they integrate, um, for example, the last one, self-care in their life? Or, for example, for professional development, we had an author talk about their professional development journey over the past 12 years, navigating Twitter and all these different trainings. Um, then we had someone talk about moving between um, online and blended learning throughout the year multiple times. Um, we had someone talk about engaging um, families and students, um, you know, building that online digital community as well as that physical in-person community that talks about in that chapter. So really the case studies are there to, you know, I think just, you know, first off, um, provide that true example of that things I talk about in the book are taking place and how it's done and provides that human connection and shows the vast diversity of what's going on across North America. And I think that that gives educators hope because there's not just one way to do things. There's so many different ways to, to do things. And hopefully that just gives them peace of mind that, you know, you may be doing something a little bit different, but that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. So um, that's, that's really the premise of this book. And it's supposed to be really the guide for, um, you know, classroom and school leaders as we progress into this unpredictable future that we're in. Who knows what it's going to look like? Um, even though a lot of us are back in school full, you know, in person, we're seeing schools having to quarantine, you know, 5,000 students, 3,000 students or a small cohort of students, a class here and there. And it really just helps us um, navigate those types of things that are happening and providing instruction for you know, students that, you know, may not be there in person or in person and allows you as a classroom, as a teacher, set up your classroom so that you are um, able to move between any setting so that you can provide that instruction for your students. So it's, yeah. it's been a fun project. Yeah, I think you've hit on so many great points there and especially looking at the list of authors. But I think the most important thing, you know, is like I mentioned earlier, is always being able to see things through a different lens. And the fact that you brought in those administrators, classroom teachers and people that serve in different capacities and they're able to share their experiences 
that is something that is very powerful because it's evidence that, you know, what they are doing worked. And maybe, like you said, it may mimic or have some similarity to something that another teacher may be doing. And now they feel that confirmation, like, okay, I'm good. I like, I'm doing well. It's a little very, you know, variation, but then now they can add some of what is already here in, in this book that you collaborated with and then sprinkle it on to what they are already doing great and it just becomes that additional layer to take things to the next level so yep. teacher readiness teacher preparedness one of the main things i think is also that that the self-care i mean it, it was very tough for a lot of teachers and now coming back you know to brick and mortar it seems uh Oftentimes, I, and I've mentioned this before in previous shows, that muscle memory kicks in. Yeah. And sometimes, I'm, and I'm talking now, the muscle memory kicks in for a lot of administrators that all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're back in school. Now we're going to go back and do back do exactly what we used to do because now we've got to get our test scores up and we've got to get this these ratings and we've got to do this. And I'm thinking to myself, well, where's the self-care for the teachers where we're supposed to be taking care of them? maybe lightening their load, but instead of taking a couple of things off their plate, like you mentioned, you know, we're adding more to their plates and they are already overwhelmed, stressed, you know, things, you know, in the classroom, like you mentioned, just the fear, the the burnout, being tired, and they're still expected to perform the way they once did back when they were in brick and mortar. So I think those are some of the things that you know, those education leaders, you know, if there are some, you know, education leaders out there, we need to make sure we see that, hey, you know, teachers are there in the front lines. They're the ones that are going to be, you know, taking care of our students. So we want to make sure that we take care of them as well. And, you know, like Amanda said here, in this sense, he said, practice what you preach, you know, I, I would, you know, ask administrators to please you know, be cautious, be take, you know, take care of your teachers. And, you know, we, we talk a big game as far as self-care, but are we doing it? And that's something that's very important, especially now. And, but again, going back to uh, just being ready and prepared. I love, like you, you said this, you know, being able to switch, you know, as, as soon as that switch flips, you can go back to online, you can come back to, face-to-face -face, and you know those are important things that teachers need as well so man th this is awesome so definitely recommend i just started reading this one you know the second one that you came um that you wrote and so i'm really excited you know like i said i'm always looking to you know equip myself as always you know being at the ready you know in season and out of season always so that's great well, Matt, let's talk a little bit more now that we talked about the, you know, your books and how everything started. I mean, during pandemic, I had the pleasure of continually keeping communication with you after your your first appearance here on the show. Uh, and I just want to say publicly, thank you so much for your support as I myself am going through uh, doctoral studies. You know, you've been, you know, always willing to help, you know, I can send you a message, you help me see things through a different way, so in a different way, different perspective, and things of that sort. So I really want to say thank you for your support in that aspect, and also support, you know, for the show and, and what we do. But it's been a pleasure to be able to collaborate with you. I know I had the opportunity to uh, collaborate with you through that event with uh, Paper, and that was so much fun. And, uh, and you've and I've seen you just grow 
by leaps and bounds on social media. Tell us a little bit about that and maybe just kind of a, did you ever think that what you were doing or what you were sharing was just going to get you just bam, like all of this attention and, you know, these connections. Tell us a little bit about how you started feeling when people are reaching out and things of that sort. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, two years ago, I would say to you that I would never would have expected what is happening in my life in regards to, um, you know, the connections that I've made, the people that, you know, are supporting me and I'm supporting them and um, the partnerships I've created. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't even know, you know, where I'm currently at, you know, two years ago, it's, it's crazy to see how far things have come. Um, I would just say that I, I just want to help people and I want to support people and I want to learn. And I think that that's what, you know, edgy Twitter has provided me and it's allowed me to, you know, you know, write my blogs and have my podcast navigating education, the podcast and just meet people, connect with people. Um, like I am right now with you building a further relationship. And I've really enjoyed that. And, you know, it gives me perspectives that are, you know, not ne necessarily that maybe the local perspective or, you know, outside the context of where I'm currently at in North San Diego County um, and just seeing what's going on around the world. And it's great just to connect just with people that are experts. I mean, just that are, you know, in, in high level positions or teachers are just doing um, innovative things that I wouldn't even uh, uh, imagined in the classroom. They're far more creative than uh, I am. So it's just, it's so amazing to see that in terms of that global perspective and, um, you know, just really just taking all that in and uh, really just amplifying my craft. And it, it inspires me. I mean, people like you inspire me to want to, um, you know, continue what I've been doing and um, produce more things that, you know, that can be helpful. And, um, and I love, you know, collaborating with people to me, it, I, I like doing things by myself, but I love working with other people more than just by myself because other people bring in those other perspectives and, um, amplifier creativity, um, versus just me that, you know, I'm only one person and I can only think about so many things, but when I bring other people to the table, um, you know, it's great. And also it's, fun to work with people because maybe they haven't written something before and we want to work together on a project and I want to amplify other people as well. I mean, given a platform, you want to not just amplify yourself, but I think what I feel the most proud of is being able to amplify others. I mean, that's what I get the most. Um, you know, I feel good about that, you know, every time that I do that and, you know, makes me want to come back and do more and more. And, um, yeah, that's kind of been my journey. And it's just like any project that I get involved, whether it's partnering with a tech company, doing a professional development or a book project, you know, really enjoyed um, collaborating. And that's where my next projects are. It's going to be with its major collaborations. And, um, you know, really enjoyed that. And I think that going forward with, I think my writing at least is that um, I don't think I'm going to be doing anything solo for a long time. <laughs> I think it's going to be with you know, one or two co-authors that we're on this journey together. Um, it, you know, it's great. It's so much fun working with people. And it's also, <laughs> it, it allows you to, um, you know, think of ideas that you wouldn't have thought before. And just people like, for example, on one project, 
I have someone that is, you know, has 30 years of experience that's worked with districts across the country as a co-author. So they can give me that, that North American global perspective on um, education and ed tech. And then you have someone that's on the ground as a classroom teacher that's doing amazing things on the other end of the spectrum. So it's great to have, you know, those different ideas, their contexts. And, you know, I think that ultimately for your pro- for your writing product, it's going to be better as a result. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're so kind and you've always been, you've always been so humble and I've loved, you know, like I said, the opportunities that I've had to collaborate with you because it's always, you know, I get to learn from you. I get to learn from people that have been there or are doing it, or like you said, finding innovative ways. And I think that power of connection is definitely very, very important. And uh, just like, I want to give a shout out to Josh Tovar, who's joining us right now. And he puts here hashtag stronger together and that is, that's so true. I mean, I, I agree with you, Matt. Like right now, I'm taking on my my first project, my first writing project with X Factor. And it's something that I'm, I'm going to kind of go out there, do on my own and share my experiences. But I think the, the collaborative aspect is so important. And for myself, very similar to what you were saying, I'm all about building my PLF, my personal learning family. Um, you know, and definitely it's been a pleasure to have you on um, or have you being part of that PLF. And building the things, collaborating with other people. And, you know, I, I think that you and I are very similar in that you mentioned, you know, helping others that maybe have never started a project and just help, you know, get them started or just push them to, you know, do new things. And, you know, I recently wrote a blog and, and my first blog that I got to, or a second blog actually that I got to, you know, collaborate with on with AJ Bianco. And that was great. And I kind of learned that from actually from uh, Matthew, Dr. Matthew Joseph from X Factor, because he actually asked me, he's like, hey, do you want to write something with me? I was like, really? Like you're, you're asking me? I was <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't think I'm that great, but it was great. And, and it got published, but that kind of planted the seed in me to say, hey, I have a friend who's very talented and he's got this notebook because uh, if, if you've ever seen a uh, AJ Bianco, when he's on, you know, Unlock the Middle or any podcast that he's, you know, either a guest on, he has this notebook where he takes down notes. And I told him <laughs> and reached out to him. I said, hey, man, like, I'm sure you've got some gold in there and you're just keeping it to yourself. And 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 I get it. But is there anything that you can write? He's like, nah, like, you know, and he's real humble. He's real. I said, hey, let's let's do something. Let's let's write something together on leadership. And and I follow AJ because I think AJ is like a great leader. And, you know, we, we collaborate. So I think like what you're saying is finding people that can help you also grow and you can help them see things yep. in a different perspective something that's so important and and it's definitely like you said amplifying their voice amplifying our creativity and taking them and taking ourselves to to that next level and uh talking about next level man i want to talk to you about next level so your author you know you're you know of course now you you've changed your your role as far as your professional role we'll talk a little bit about more of that but now you expanded also so those of you that may not know uh, Matt is also a podcaster. So Matt, tell <laughs> us a little bit about the podcast and how that idea came about. Yeah. So the podcast just, I, I just enjoyed, um, you know, meeting new people and listening to podcasts myself. And I was just like, why not? 
just start and see how it goes. And, you know, people like you and um, the staff room podcast were definitely ones that motivated me to want to get started. And they just had amazing conversations with guests from around the world. And, and I felt, you know, produce something, you know, that I feel like that we're learning back and forth from each other and then putting it out there. And if people want to listen, then that's amazing because like our conversations may, you know, inspire someone to, you know, do something in their own backyard that can change lives. And that kind of just was the reason behind it. And it, you know, I called it navigating education because it had to do with, you know, the books I've written. And I think that we are all navigating education. I mean, regardless of what we're doing in our profession, and I want to keep it open to, you know, K-16 or just whatever realm of education you're in and just, meeting people in all those different areas and talking about those things because, you know, that, you know, helped broaden our perspectives and learning more about what's going on in various places in the world and different, you know, niches in in education. And that's kind of the goal is just to provide um, our listeners an opportunity to just, you know, conversations with people from um, all walks of life, from teachers, school leaders, ed tech leaders to, um, you know, people that are doing amazingly creative things in their school or classroom, um, you know, just it's that's what it's about. And it's just, you know, just putting it out there. And it's just fun just to meet people. To be honest, it's just fun just sitting you and me right now just chatting. And as a result, you know, we're recording this and putting it online and and people can enjoy it and watch it and uh, listen and, you know, hopefully get something out of it. So, I mean, I think it's maybe it's a thing among podcasters, it maybe that's, you know, a lot of, you know, the genesis of why, you know, a lot of people are doing things uh, with, you know, their podcasts. So um, that's kind of how that started. And currently we're uh, 26 episodes that are done and then I have 12 bonus episodes. So it's kind of like a bug, you know, it's like kind of like the writing bug, but you kind of like want to continue to uh, do it. And um, you know, since the school year started, it's been a little bit harder to find more time, but I'm trying to put out an episode a week. So that's kind of, that's like my goal. No, that is amazing. And and I love it. Like I said, you know, when I first started doing these, it was just, I think Chris Nessie was just like, just, just click record, just do it. Like, you know, what, what are you waiting for? I mean, you know, so doing it and now you are our 83rd guest, you know, or for episode 83. And I just can't believe, you know, this journey. And I think, like you said, the most important thing is it's just being able to have just these casual conversations. You know, we can go deep, we can stay, you know, at surface level, but there's always going to be a takeaway for from somebody and even for ourselves and being able to have these conversations, I'm making some notes and I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe I need to look into these things or, you know, it changes your perspective. You see things from a different lens and then you never know who may be watching, who may be listening. And like my friend Al Thomas always said, they're always waiting for you to do that one little thing. That's just going to, you know, get that spark going and maybe even push them to, you know, do podcasting or like you said, even writing blogs or anything of that sort that we may be talking about. And I think that's so important and powerful now and in education that, People can listen to a podcast. They, they're they cutting their yard. They've got their headphones in. They're traveling somewhere. They can be listening to some great content that can inspire them. And, uh, you know, or maybe just kind of shake things up a bit and, and have them see things in, through a different lens. And so I really love what you're doing there, too, as well, and, and taking on 
that additional step. And I know it could be very difficult at times, you know, like you said, scheduling things and, you know, but just keep doing what you're doing, my friend, because you're definitely putting out some great content. And as always, it was great to actually also collaborate on one of those episodes yeah. with you about podcasting. So that was a lot of fun. It's it's very rare I get to be on the other side. <laughs> so that was great. No, I definitely <laughs> was just trying to pick your brain, to be honest. And hopefully people want to learn more about podcasting because I'm definitely um, more, you know, I'm a novice um, with podcasting, you know, getting better every episode, but, you know, picking someone's brain that has over 80, you know, that they can probably lend some good information for, you know, not only myself, but people that are interested in podcasting. So that was a really fun episode. And that one just came out this week. So um, definitely, hopefully everyone can check that one out. I mean, we're just talking about podcasting, like what are some great, you know, ideas to help you with that workflow as well as like how to make them engaging and fun. So that was a great conversation. Yeah. No, it really was. And like I said, I know usually your podcast, you know, you try to keep them like at least 20 something. I know we kind of went over a little <laughs> bit, but it's because I could keep talking and talking because it's something that I'm passionate about. But for sure, guys, if you ever get a, if you get a chance to listen to it, make sure you check it out. It was a lot of fun being a guest on uh, Matt's uh, show and, you know, keep listening to the amazing episodes that he has. I mean, there's so so uh, he's got diversity of of uh, topics that they talk about, and you're definitely going to glean something great from him. So definitely check him out. And I have been putting your website, Matt, here in the chat, so that way people can go ahead awesome. and check that out. So they're asking, it's navigating education, navigating education. So I'm going to go ahead and put the your podcast link here because Josh was asking what the name of the podcast is, and I just want to throw this out what Josh said here. Podcast plus treadmill equal healthy mind and body. There you <laughs> nice. go. Amanda here says students can provide great insight when learning how to podcast. Yep. And so, yeah, so we've got some great, great comments here and putting in your link there into the chat. All right. So kind of as we're we're winding down here on our episode, Matt, tell us, a, you know, you, I know you talked to us a little bit about your your role Uh, what it is that you're going to be doing. And you talked about the vision now that you had. And Mm -hmm. so talk to us a little bit about that. Just the transition now. I want to talk to you from the classroom to this current position. What is, what was your first, you know, like, whoa, like the, I guess that feeling, like how did it feel now that you're in a different role and now you're going to be working with, you said adult education, you know, any, any things that, things that you have seen that are going to translate very well from classroom now into this new role with you. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that I've learned so far is, is that um, really just go in and build relationships with people, um, go observe their class, talk with them, you know, get to know them. Like what, like ask them, like, what are you really confident about? What, where do you feel like you can improve and, you know, talk about, technology a little bit here and there seeing what they're using what are they doing to um you know what strategies and technology are they doing to deliver their instruction and then um just seeing what's going around there's so many moving parts when it's six different schools that we're looking at and there's three big ones that we're focusing on the most because there's the most teachers in those schools um so there's a lot of moving parts and at each school site is different even though you're part of a similar type of organization so you know understanding like the different personalities leadership and whatnot so that's kind of like the biggest thing for me is like kind of you know conceptualizing all these moving parts 
and, you know, building the relationships with everyone because um, everyone's different. And um, and then really I'm going through this feel, you know, feeling out phase. And my goal is really to over the next few months is, you know, after I get a good idea of kind of what everyone is doing and how everyone um, kind of, um, you know, their availability, their, um, you know, feeling about learning some new things, really starting to focus on building that vision for um, tech integration for our consortium of schools, um, and then focusing on that professional uh, learning piece and trying to create professional learning opportunities that are equitable for all of our members. You know, maybe you can't attend the, the live session, but we're gonna record it and put it onto our YouTube channel and put it along with some materials from that onto our website so that you can um, participate asynchronously if you want. And, um, you know, those are things that um, I think that can be game changing for our faculty because a lot of them are part time. Um, they have their own careers and day to day jobs. And when they come teach for us, um, you know, they're doing it as, you know, their side gig or they're doing it as something that's part time. So, um, you know, really trying to pinpoint like when can we strategically come in and work with PLCs, but also, you know, let's provide opportunities for everyone to learn at the same time. And um, yeah, so that's kind of, and at the same time, we're, you know, developing kind of like, hey, where do we want to go in the next like two years in terms of our integration piece? And I, and probably in the next few months, we'll have two or three things that we're going to come across the board where all teachers and school leaders talk about like, where, where do we want to go? And, um, and then just set up like a implementation of the program and uh it's really exciting it's definitely new but i think my experiences in the classroom and, and my research background have given me opportunities like i know kind of like what is really really um effective that can be used in online or blended learning because that's primarily what, what our programs are for adult education and cte right now um because students come in maybe for a lab, a medical lab, but then they have an online portion of the class where they come in for um, maybe an online uh, tutorial or, or synchronous session or even asynchronous. So, um, or it's the class is all online. So um, there's a lot of different programs going on, but, um, but across the board, we can provide strategies that can, regardless of what content you're teaching, can make it more effective and engaging and more active learning are taking place. So that's the really exciting piece of this position and building the program and um, really just, you know, helping everyone out and supporting them and, um, you know, learning the community, learning about the teachers. And uh, it's definitely uh, challenging, but at the same time, it's, it's a lot of fun because it's something new. And I'm, you know, looking forward to seeing where we're going to go um, in our network. It's called Education to Career Network at the Consortium of Schools. And uh, I think that there's a lot of really, uh, we have a bright future and um, definitely looking forward to uh, working with everyone. So um, it's definitely a change from being in the classroom, but it's also to just like a new opportunity. And, it, and I get to talk with people like you who've been doing something similar to this and uh, learning from you. So I'm definitely excited to continue learning and uh you know, trying to, you know, put this program in a really good position. That's great. You know, I really love, you know, really, you can hear your passion, you can hear your excitement. And of course, taking on a new role, 
it's not always easy in the very beginning, but I think you hit on the most important component for any new role or any new position that you may take. And, you know, I agree with what Amanda says here, you know, building, trusting, authentic relationships are vital. And, you know, you going in there and just talking about, like you said, getting to know the people that you're going to be working with, getting to see their level of experience, getting to just know them, how, you know, they, they handle things. What is it that they're in charge of is something that is very important. And it, it's a component that you really must be connected, you know, with one another, because like in any school district, there could be a lot of moving parts, yep. but if they're not moving in unison, it's all disorganized. The, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing and things of that sort, but relationships, communication, all of that is key just to across the board to make sure that the program is going to be successful. And I know that you have a wonderful vision and I can already hear it, you know, in, in, in what you've shared, the vision that you have and really to put, you know, this consortium on the map. And I think that it's something that you, I, I'll, I wouldn't be surprised if you get this up and running and, you know, being noticed by others in no time, especially with the level of experience and the way that you're, you are always willing to go above and beyond, number one, to build those relationships, number two, to help build up capacity and build up your, your teachers and your, you know, your peers, your colleagues that are there. And I think it's going to be great. And of course, the, the students, you know, they're going to have those, the, the, <laughs> a great experience, you know, so it's going to be great. So, yeah. you know, no, I'm that's really the, oh, excited. Sure. Yeah, it's and really exciting. Always, and as always, too, man, I mean, you've got a wonderful PLF like everywhere yep. that you can pick their brain and things of that yep. sort. And that's the, the most important thing that you're looking for an answer. You can go straight to the source or sources and say, OK, let me take a little bit of that. Let me take a little bit of this, sprinkle yep. it on to what I already know. And there you go. All of a sudden it's magic and everything's going and working. So that's awesome, man. I'm really excited about this new, um, you know, new phase for you as you move, are moving up professionally and, you know, really using those skills and that you've dialed in and, you know, during and sharpened during this time of pandemic and taking it to that next level. And, you know, so I, I, I don't know, man, I just wish you the best. And I, I'm really excited and looking forward to just the great success stories, um, you know, that'll be coming out from over there, California and this consortium. So I'm really excited. So yeah, thank you. Excellent. So as we're winding down, you know, let's go ahead and just have a little bit of fun as far as just a couple of questions that I love to ask at the end. And this is something as always, you know, if you are a listener viewer of the show, you already know kind of what questions I may be asking, but I'm going to throw one in there uh, for Matt that uh, he may not expect. But Matt, in your experience, whether it's now in your new role or maybe just in, in a combination of roles or just in education in general, what would you say is your edu kryptonite? Oh man, uh, I, I mean, I think now more than anything else is my PLF and PLN because I get new ideas every day, and I use it, I utilize it, and that amplifies everything that I'm doing. So I think that is the best thing I have, my assets, and that ultimately uh you know has helped propel me and i just want to thank everyone because without them it's um i wouldn't be where i'm at today so that definitely is um my bread and butter for sure and um just learning from everyone every day 
All right. And just for our viewers and everything, I did say edge of kryptonite, but it's okay. You know, I love what Matt said, but Matt, I wanted like your weakness. Like what? Oh, is my it? weakness. Like, oh, yeah, my what, weakness. Not, not, oh, kryptonite. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. I misheard you. My no, weakness. no, no. It's, it's all good, but not your weakness per se, but just like, man, like, like, what is it? Like, is there a term? Is there something? Is there a practice like an education currently, or maybe that you have oh, a fear okay. that it's coming back that is just like, oh, that's my kryptonite right there. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, gosh, that's a tough question. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that definitely can, like, my own personal improvement, as well as where we currently are at in education as a whole. Um, I think sometimes my routines, I need to be okay with being uncomfortable without having a routine. And that's personally, um, sometimes I feel like I get into my routines and sometimes life shifts and I got to be okay with those shifts and taking those, you know, turns. Um, and I think in education in general, I think the major issue right now is we can't go back to normal normal is not going to ever happen again unfortunately um uh, for if anyone wanting to go back to what it was like in um march 12th of 2020 um that that's gone and we can't in terms of our integration with technology we can't go back um there's a pushback right now i think of there's a you know in terms of going back normal brick and mortar I think that people are making a huge mistake when they want to have that, you know, slight pushback because the wave has already begun and you're just delaying the inevitable. And I think that that is a hole in education. Um, we got to be okay with moving forward and not going back into our old routines because our old routines, they weren't really working that well anyways. And I think now if you have, thinking about what we've learned over the past two years, we can provide more equitable education for everyone at any time, anywhere. And um, and if we go back to where it was before that, that wasn't really in existence in terms of like more mainstream. So that's that's definitely two things that I think I can come out, come out from this. Excellent. Okay, good. Good to know. Okay. Two final questions, Matt. If you can have a billboard with anything on it, <laughs> what would it be and why? A billboard? Um, oh my gosh. Uh, so if I had a billboard on um, anywhere, I guess, I would have my, um, I'd have my, uh, my podcast and a hashtag i think of what i am about i don't know what word it would be but i think that would be the i mean what it would be or um just something so they could follow me and follow who i am um but i haven't figured out what that word is yet i don't know what word yet would encompass you know who i am and and what i'm doing right now so i'd have to get back to you on that but i think you'd have to do something with my podcast and getting to know me better Excellent. Well, that's good. I'm trying to think too. I mean, I, I know 
for me, I've always used this, but I always use the hashtag edu leader. I mean, I do, I, I do see you as that leader, but maybe if we can find, figure out a way and maybe our audience members and our viewers might, you know, get back to us with a comment or something, either on Twitter or anywhere that you follow us, what would be a great hashtag for Matt Rhodes? You know, he does navigating education. I don't, I don't want to say navigator of education or <laughs> education, but let's see what we can think of guys that collectively as a, as a, you know, PLN, PLF, see what we can think of. And maybe we can make that billboard happen for Matt, you know, and things of that sort. But yeah, I definitely agree with you, Matt, but honestly, I do definitely see you as an education leader. So maybe something there along those lines is that, that leader, um, you know, I don't know, captain of the ship or something like that navigating, but uh, yeah, so definitely great. Now, last question, Matt, and well, this one kind of feels a little weird because I have already been a guest on your show, but we did talk about podcasting. But if the roles were reversed right now and you were the host and I was your guest, what is one question you'd like to ask me? So right now I would ask you about your new book because I know that you signed with X Factor and I just I haven't really talked to you about like the premise of your book and it's kind of like a little bit different from where your doctoral research is taking you. So um, I would just be really curious to learn um, more about, you know, the direction of that book and where you want to go with it. Excellent. Well, before we do that, let me talk, Amanda here, put hashtag the edu navigator. Oh, that's so awesome. That's great. There, there you go. I love that. So we might have a winner there, Amanda. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, but going back to your question, Matt, that's right. Uh, you know, right now I am uh, currently working on a book and it's really about my, yeah, it's definitely not dealing with my doctoral studies, but it's something that I'm really passionate about, which is creativity. You know, my mission, my vision, my passion, and my message is to amplify creativity. Now, the way that this started with is just because myself finding myself in a creative rut a couple of years back and you know starting this podcast and starting this this live show getting to meet al thomas uh, who is just an, an amazing amazing leader mentor and he came up with that and i always uh, repeat that quote that he he was told once also is that you never know who's watching or waiting for you to do that one thing that's going to spark something in you for them to be able to do something. So I really took that message to heart and, you know, the, the whole, everything here about this show, you know, connecting, amplifying creativity, this is kind of an outlet for me and now as an adult to be able to take those creative risks. So what amplifying creativity is, is it's kind of like a two part. And what the book is going to be is going to be how us as adults, you know, and educators, anybody with a background who have kind of lost touch with their creativity, because, of course, we we get busy. We've got families. We've got jobs. We've got all of those things. But really, you know, to draw out what is already in there, maybe there's a maybe or the fear of overcoming that fear of putting yourself out there and being creative, whether it's photography, whether it's drawing, whether it's arts and crafts, whether it's anything, but just to be able to get back in touch with your creative, your creative side. And mainly for educators too, is that I feel that if we as adults and adult educators uh, are in touch with our creativity and seeing what we can do and just having fun and playing, playing, I mean, just, enjoying platforms. Like I did a challenge 
on my other account where it was one, um, you know, creation, one creation a day. I did it for 84 days straight. And what that helped me see is like, hey, people can be creative with apps. You don't have to be an artist. So I wanted to take off that misconception that you have to be an artist or be able to draw a perfect circle or anything. It's creativity just... It's from anything, you know, something so simple. Just create something on your own. I love that. But what I love is that that will translate back into the classroom and allow for students to actually create. I know that we often say, oh, amplify voice, amplify creativity. But we really don't give our students enough time to really express themselves, to really take in the information that they're learning and just giving them time to create and the process because then they'll be able to internalize, you know, those concepts. And that's something that from my experience in the classroom, the last four years as a teacher, I really just put Chromebooks in front of my students and just said, here is the rubric. I want you to create something based on what we just did. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the way that I'm going to check for understanding. And oftentimes it's, by third grade, I had this conversation with Tisha Poncio, third grade here in our state of Texas, that is when they do the state exams and everything, at least in brick and mortar, becomes worksheet, 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 worksheet. There's ultimate like consumption to the max, no creativity. And then once the students in ninth grade, when they start taking those state exams, then that you see kind of like that creativity kind of take off a little bit more. But that really is the overall message, how a teacher can feel, number one, comfortable with their creative side because you are putting yourself out there, being a little bit vulnerable when you might want to try something in your classroom, but also just really being that model for the students to say, hey, I'm not just going to be here to force feed you everything. I want you to create, see the thought process and have them connect with a way that they can you know, really give you that information and you can still check for understanding. So that's really what the book is about, amplifying creativity, both as a teacher within yourself, but also for our students as well. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that that sounds super exciting. And I think that you can provide, you know, examples of your personal journey and people in your PLF as examples of that and what they're doing. Um, Yeah, that's gonna be a powerful book. I, I I'm really excited to, uh, you know, read it once it's all done and, uh, you know, support you along the way. That's going to be a game changer. And I, I can tell you um, on my end is that I didn't, I mean, as a creator, I wasn't really creating anything for anyone else except for me until two years ago. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what, you know, I thought being creative was being like an artist or being someone that is, you know, making incredible graphics or that type of thing. And, I think sometimes we put ourselves in a box and um, I've learned that, you know, you can take yourself outside that box and there's a lot of different avenues of what creativity looks like. And I think that you're going to definitely define that. And that's going to be, you know, really fun to take a look at and reflect upon as a reader, as well as, you know, your practice. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Like I said, just, just a great opportunity. And again, it just comes from, you know, getting that writing book, like you said, and also like seeing yourself and seeing other great leaders, you know, writing and putting things out. I said, you know, maybe I should start doing this. And it, it, you know, it it is a bug, like you catch it and you want to write and you want to share and you want to just put it out there. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. So I'm really excited about this great opportunity and 
of course, you know, hopefully in the future too, that'll lead to future collaborations, much like what you do. And, uh, you know, it's exciting because you get to amplify creativity with somebody else and see their creative side and learn from others. And in the end, at the education community is the one that benefits. And in some way, shape or form, I hope that what you're doing also and what many others are doing out there also can make its way down to our students to be for them to also get a little bit of that knowledge and, and getting passed down and helping change, you know, their train of thought, their thinking and inspire them to just continue to move forward and in, in, in education and just to continue to grow. So really, I mean, the, the end result for me is always if a student can be impacted in a positive way, then that's a win, even if it's just one, but that's a win. So it's really exciting stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm excited. <laughs> Hey, great question, man. You definitely have honed in your skills in the podcasting uh, now. So that's awesome, my friend. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate, again, you taking the time to be here and just have this amazing conversation and just to be able to catch up, you know, after a couple, several months of, you know, us being busy working and you authoring books and doing other projects and things of that sort. So it's been great to see your growth it's great it's been great to see the projects that you're doing the people that you've been able to connect and more so also the people that you've been able to help through your work through your writing through your pd all those things that you do so i definitely wish you the best in this new role and i wish you the best in in the next couple of years as you continue to grow uh, it, you know and being that edu edu leader uh the edu navigate the edu navigator <laughs> you know and so it's exciting man i'm really happy for you man and again thank you so much for being here on the show yeah, thank you, Fonz. I appreciate it. This show's making a huge impact and uh, can't wait to see where we're at in another year. So it'll be it'll be fun to check back in in, in the next year. Or so hopefully on this show. So yeah, excellent. Thank you so much. And for all our audience members, those of you watching, those of you that will be listening, uh, podcast will be up shortly in about 45 minutes or so. But give us a like, give us a thumbs up, you know, please subscribe to our channel, visit our website, myedtech.life, myedtech.life. You can check out some blogs, you can check out all the previous 82 episodes that we have had. You can also check out our merch store. If you like to support our show, Go get yourself a shirt, guys. We've got some great designs out there for you. Stickers, magnets, cups, anything you'd like. You know, just visit our website and you can find everything there. And again, it's been a pleasure to be here with you guys this Saturday. Thank you so much for joining. And we look forward to seeing you next Saturday when we'll have an amazing show for you as well. But until next time, my friends, don't forget, stay techie. <laughs> <laughs>